0: Welcome to the Driven Entrepreneur, where we sit down with visionaries, trailblazers, and entrepreneurs
1: and discover why and how they do what they do. We'll get the back story,
0: plus plenty of life and business lessons
1: along the way. Here's your host, Matt Browning. Hey, this episode is brought to you by... in the complete course workbook, the same one that we use to teach our live certification classes, yours free. nlpwithmatt.com. Get it today. Let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back to The Driven Entrepreneur. It's Matt Browning, and we are with you another week, of course, with Shockingly a Driven Entrepreneur, because we want to help you continue doing what you do best which is start run and grow your business with me today is a pretty darn interesting guest laura michelle powers now uh before we bring laura on laura is the host of the very popular powers hour podcast and she is among many things a celebrity psychic an entertainer actress model host singer writer and speaker she's the host of the um Also, another popular film and television podcast, Behind the Scenes with Laura Powers, uh, one of the top 100 podcasts on Apple. Uh, She is an author of eight different books, editing two more books. She's basically you and where you want to go she's doing a little bit of everything and crushing it i absolutely love this her latest book rock your podcast how to launch grow and monetize your show was just released as a number one bestseller and of course she's been all over media and television on places like buzzfeed nbc abc cbs fox cw jet set so many others and she was just on we're going to get to this will Farrell's popular new podcast the ron burgundy podcast as a celebrity psychic laura are you with us laura michelle powers and welcome to the show
0: Thank you so much. So happy to be here.
1: Yeah, I've been really enjoying, uh, I, I swear, one day I'm just going to air everything that we pre-tape before we go to actually <laughs> recording. i been really enjoying the conversation so far and looking forward to the next piece. Um, when I run into someone like you, Laura, you know, you're the kind of the all-thingspreneur Um my first question I want to ask is, did you grow up this way? Were you the, the little girl with a lemonade stand or were you, you know, and always coming up with an entrepreneurial endeavor, or did you think you were going to go a different route, maybe corporate or something else? And then you fell into this. Tell me about your kind of growing up the, the young we, Laura.
0: Yeah. So I I don't think that I had the, the start of that so much. I mean, did little things like, sell things for fundraisers and things like that, but I was very creative as a child, very creative and expressive, always doing the different arts things, you know, singing, writing, um, acting. And I also, I, even at a young age, was interested in politics, which is kind of funny, not, not the typical thing. Um, so leadership uh, in that way, And I remember very distinctly when I learned that I couldn't be president uh, based on the current laws because I was born out of the United States, that I was very upset. (laughs) So I've always wanted to have leadership and be in leadership positions, um, but I also was very expressive. So I think I have these kind of two different sides of me that are always kind of, you know, I wouldn't say fighting amongst myself, but it's definitely an aspect of these two different areas. And I think it's only recently that I've been able to merge them and it was after I had a just a complete kind of life turnaround. Like I used to be really involved in politics, my master's degree is in poli sci. I was working in government politics. And then that whole sector was really impacted during the recession. And I just did this total 180, started to get training as a psychic while I was making my living as a as an actress, (laughs) which is kind of backwards. A lot of people are like trying to make a living as an actress. And then when I started working as a psychic, I just made a lot more money. So I switched my focus to the psychic thing because it was a, a, a better business for me at the time. And then as that has gotten more developed, I've really focused more on the business. And I, and I think a lot of creative people, you know, artists, writers, et cetera, they don't really realize that it's a business and their creativity is a business. So I think that's something that I grasped as I got into it and then got really passionate about figuring out how do I do this even better?
1: Yeah, I love that. I want to actually get into that in just a second about the creatives not realizing it's a business because I 100% uh, do not agree with the phrase starving artist. I think uh, there's artists and there's yeah. non-artists. And if you're an artist, um, you should be saying that you're a successful artist and go make that happen. Uh, if if you're an, an entertainer, an entrepreneur, I love that instead of, uh, you know, the classic LA, right, the, uh, the actress, model, waitress, you are the uh, actress, model, psychic, and it's a little yeah. bit different path, and it seems to be a lot more powerful for you. Um, before we move on to that, I want to ask you just about uh, growing up, because you did mention you're born outside the States. Did you come here as a baby? How old were you? And where were you, where were you born?
0: Yes, yeah, so I was born in France, and my mother is American, but she has French heritage, and she decided to just kind of explore, uh, met my father in a cafe in Paris, um, oh dear. Uh, decided to stay for a while, had a couple of kids, they were uh, traveling musicians, basically, for a living. So I grew up in this very art- artistic, musical family, um, but it wasn't a healthy relationship, and my mother left my father when I was little, I was five, and we came to the United States, and uh, because I had been raised in France and also because my father didn't speak English. I, I, at that point was speaking French only. So I learned English in school in the United States. So I have this kind of unique um, experience of like, my mom is American. So she, she's you know familiar obviously with, with here and had citizenship, but in a, a lot of ways I did feel like an immigrant as well, because I came here, didn't speak English, was in English as a second language classes with others who were immigrants. Um, Almost all Spanish speakers, by the way. So, lots of people from Mexico and, and a few from South America. And then, you know, by the time I was eight, I was fluent in English. And so, most people, they they can't tell. They would have no idea that I, you know, didn't speak English as my first language. But that really, I think, also did make an impact for me culturally. And uh, I really value that experience. And I, and I also have a, a lot of compassion for like starting afresh because that was like a new beginning. We were very poor. We were on public housing assistance. You know, I had preschool lunches. And so on a family level, I know how we kind of started from scratch and we're able to build up. And then when everything fell apart for me during the recession, I went through divorce. You know, I could no longer find work for the first time in my life. And I started over in this completely new area. So I feel like no matter where you're starting from, you can be successful. And I really firmly believe in that. I want people to know that our success has nothing to do with anything but ourselves, our drive, our passions, and our abilities
1: hundred percent. And I think it's interesting that, you know, you have that between five and eight years old that a lot of people don't have a bunch of memories there, but it sounds like it's very, like you would have clear oh, yeah. memories because of this strong emotional impact and, and a different experience. Um, Definitely. what, if there was one, and I'm sure you've thought about this a bit, but what kind of like, I don't know, beliefs or lessons did you pull out just kind of about life, about yourself, looking back, right, maybe as the adult Laura Michelle Powers, looking back at that five to eight year old being different than everybody, but clearly figuring it out and growing. I think like, for instance, those kids at that age, you know, you could make a lot of beliefs, couldn't you? You could make a belief that I'm different. I don't fit in and et cetera, et cetera. Or you could make positive beliefs. Is there anything that stuck out to you that kind of you naturally thought of uh, that you began believing or filtering life through at that age?
0: You know, I think I've always been pretty self-determined and had a lot of drive. So I think I learned pretty early on not to let other people's determination of me determine my path because, for example, I was still learning English in first grade and I I flunked technically. In fact, my teacher wanted to hold me back another year and my mother thankfully said no and uh, I just kept plugging in. I I liked liked reading. I liked all these things. I was just still learning a whole new language plus learning how to read at the same time. And so I, I flunked first grade. And then by the time I was in second grade, I was in advanced reading. And so I think it was just like, don't, don't, you know, take whatever people believe about you in terms of limitations on and just focus on whatever it is that you want in terms of your outcome and you can. So um, I'm grateful for my mom. I think she showed me uh, that. Um, I think the the things that I had to unlearn were very much about um, specifically with finances. Like I think there's a lot of um, poverty consciousness that we're taught as a whole. And certainly like my, I come from a family of teachers and they're, Lovely people, but you know it's not a you know. Generally speaking, most like for example, public school teachers don't make very good money.
1: (laughs) No, it's not the path to wealth, is it?
0: No, and so I think I really had to learn how to allow myself to receive more, and that was okay, and not to judge myself for even wanting that because I really felt growing up like it's you know, there's only so much we can have, and it it was um, this unspoken kind of rule in a way.
1: Dang. Wow. So coming from a family of teachers, just curious, what what was your mom's kind of reaction or like support level with, and again, taking nothing away from your mother. Uh, no, what exactly. was she like when you were like, hey, I want to go be an actor. I want to, you know, you're getting into the entertainment world and kind of moving in that direction when you moved away from poli-sci and everything. What was your mom's reaction? Is it like, you go girl. you can do anything? Or was it a little bit of that, hey, you know, you have a sure thing, be careful? what was the attitude of the family and not just your mother, but anyone else in the family?
0: Yeah. So I think, uh, there's kind of two phases for me. There was before the recession and after the recession. So before the recession, right. I, I did still somewhat follow my own path. So I majored in theater in college. And I remember when I told my mom, my major and she cried, <laughs> I think, you know, that was her perspective on, um, uh, you know, the, your ability to make money and kind of be stable and secure. She, you know, having been, uh, a poor artist as a musician. I think she just had decided that wasn't a good path. And so I did go and study that at university, but then I I went and worked in the public sector. I started working at the University of Colorado in academia, administration. And and then I kind of checked all the boxes. That's when I got my degree in poli-sci and I got married and I was like, here's my house, advanced degree, all the things. And then everything during the recession just kind of fell apart um and it needed to because i was off track in terms of my soul and just you know also just life enjoyment and and then i kind of started over and there was no work at that time like very little work in my sector and so i went and lived in china for a year which was great and and that just was kind of a reset and when i came back i started my psychic business and i just kind of manifested this acting job for a troupe that did these regular shows and at that point, I was making money doing that. And I had also been doing a little bit of consulting still in government and politics that wasn't making very much money, but it was just a little check. And then as, I, as my psychic business grew, it was like, ooh, this is more and more successful. And it was interesting to watch my mother and my family because fir- I know that at first a lot of people thought I was a little Looney Tunes. <laughs> I'll be honest, I, th- I could tell they're being polite, but it was kind of like, oh, you poor thing, you're so misguided. And then as I built it and kept getting more and more successful, People eventually were like, oh, I think she knows what she's doing. So I think I I had I had to convince people in a way that it it was a, a viable path. And and one of the best ways to do that was just to do it and show them through my actions and my success.
1: Well it's interesting, right? It's it's such not a traditional place. I mean, I think it, it, it took a lot of years for my mom and dad to kind of I, I don't know if they still know what I do for a living, <laughs> but you know, it's not the traditional uh, the traditional path. When you started getting into this then. Um, and you start seeing some success for it, what were what were some of the, I guess, the key indicators for you? Is it, hey, I'm getting a paycheck for this, people are paying me, or is it who you started working with, um, media outlets coming, kind of what, what, I guess what I'm really asking is, what was an indicator to you that, hey, this is viable after all, this really is working early on? And the reason I ask that is, I think a lot of people in the entrepreneur space, they might not know what indicators to look for, so you might stay on a path too long that genuinely isn't viable. Because just because you believe in yourself doesn't mean it's going to happen. You certainly need to if it's going to happen, right? But it doesn't mean it's going to. Anyway, long question to say, what were your indicators? And how did you know that uh, it was taken off?
0: Yeah, I would think there was a variety of factors. One was certainly I was getting that feedback from people that it was helpful. I'll, I'll never forget a, a situation with a woman who had been a friend of mine first. And I got intuitively to offer to do some free readings for some people that I felt intuitively to do so in the beginning. Because again, this was out of left field for most people. I was in government and politics. I worked at the president's office of a university. Like to be a psychic was like, what? <laughs> that, there was really no segue for them and their minds for me in terms of like how this would work or, or what my abilities were. And so I offered to do a reading for her. And she told me later that she basically did it just to be kind to me because she felt bad for me and she thought I was delusional. But she did it. She came and I did her reading for her, and I connected. My favorite with, kind of clients. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're probably
1: delusional, but I just want to support you. Go ahead, do your thing on me.
0: <laughs> exactly. And but what in that, uh, yeah, it was the best. But in the reading, I connected with the spirit of her mother, um, mother-in-law who passed, and also told her some things that there's no way that I could have known, you know, through my my physical senses. And she cried, and it was incredibly emotional for her, and she. immediately became super passionate about what I did. And she told so many people about me and was like, you know, referencing me all the time. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, I knew I was on track because this isn't the kind of thing you make up. Like I went from someone being a complete skeptic and feeling sorry for me because they thought I was delusional to being one of my biggest supporters out there and telling everyone about me. So things like that, you know, if you have that kind of experience with people are are really impressed and um, impacted by whatever it is that you're doing. And then I also very rapidly had media success. So that was one of the things I was guided to do. So I was uh, guided to give readings at a local coffee shop. I'll be honest, I didn't want to do it, but I put up a flyer in the window the first day of those readings, the managing editor of the local newspaper called and asked if he could write a story about me. And then I was in the regional newspaper two days later. So, and then my phone started to ring. So, you know, these kinds of things, like, I think we get kind of signs and messages when we're on track and off track. And for me, I had this kind of rapid success, very deep impact very quickly. And that was completely the opposite experience of where I had been working in politics at the end there. And like, you know applying for a job for 6 months no job ran out of unemployment you know felt like i was running my head against a wall <laughs> with frustration of like nothing working and and you you talked a little before we started recording about hustling like i'm familiar with hustling but i think the best thing is when you you're aligned and then the little things you do have a great impact versus having to push so hard i think a lot of entrepreneurs are too much in that like Struggle, push mindset instead of just being in alignment and following your intuition, and things can kind of line up for you very quickly and easily.
1: Let's talk about alignment a little bit. I think that's um, that's something that I think is talked about a lot, but maybe more talked about than understood. Um, what is your take and your perspective on really knowing if something's alignment? I mean, there's the the gut level check and so forth, but I don't know. I think I've been talking to a lot of people lately that. they're in kind of a quandary of like, hey, I have an opportunity in front of me or I have this thing that I'm passionate about, but maybe I'm not good at it or something I'm good at, but I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do. And these, especially early on entrepreneurs, it's really easy to be at that metaphorical or literal fork in the road. Um, What advice do you have for someone kind of looking and, and deciding, is this an alignment? Is this the right thing to go down? Do we explore it and see what happens? Do we say yes, I'm certain and then cut off the other options? What's your personal take on that alignment perspective? Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I think this is a really complex topic, certainly. So it is. And, I, and this
1: isn't a single answer, by the way. This could be a launching pad for our conversation.
0: <laughs> but I think on a deep level, it's like something, does it feel exciting, appealing? Um and I want to give the caveat that sometimes the the journey to it may not sound exciting and appealing. But when you think about the outcome, does it sound exciting and appealing? So, for example, the idea for me of working publicly and helping to teach and share like comfort family with teachers, that came very naturally, um, being featured in one way or the other as an actor. You know, all these things were exciting. The part that was hard is that kind of resistance. and and It's more working through the energy that I think is the tough part sometimes versus the actual physical work. So the more alignment I've gotten, the easier my actual work is. Um, But the hard part has been working through maybe the programming, for example, about what it's okay for us to do and not do. So I don't think it's a simple answer, but I do encourage everyone to really tap into their body. And I feel our, our body is the biggest communicator for us, especially who don't have practice with learning about alignment and not alignment because our bodies are constantly communicating with us. So like paying attention to your gut. And, you know, when you think about making forward on a particular action or opportunity, like really sitting with your body, do you, do you feel heaviness in the pit of your stomach? Do you feel kind of a fluttering in your heart? Like these are all things that can really help provide information for you because a lot of times analytically we We might think something sounds like a good idea, but then when we sit with it, our body and it's like, Ooh, that doesn't feel good. So paying attention to that feeling will really help you with questioning and figuring out that alignment piece.
1: That's really, really good. When you talked about like, you know, the pit in your stomach or the fluttering, what do you think about the distinction too between, so sometimes let's say for me, like anxiousness and excitement, I think for most people is a very similar physiological feeling. Right. So, like I remember like the boss, right? Bruce Springsteen uh, famously said that you know they asked him in an interview, do you get nervous before you go out on stage? And he's like, all the time for forty years, and that's how I know I still love it. So having a feeling, like it's not objective, right? It's like if you if you get those butterflies, it might mean something. What about the kind of the distinction between, hey, do I feel nervous? And that means maybe this is just, I'm nervous. It's out of my comfort zone and I should go for it versus this is an indicator to maybe look deeper. And I know, again, it's kind of, it's a subjective experience, but again, even like reading what your body is saying to you, what, how do you help someone or what would you say to someone that's trying to understand a little deeper? What does that mean when my body does something or says something?
0: I think it's, it's a really great topic. By the way, I highly recommend a book, What Everybody is Saying, Like Every Space Body. It's um, written by a consultant who works a lot with law enforcement, FBI, and, and police in criminal cases when they're trying to figure out like who committed a crime or whatever. And he analyzes body language and facial expression and whatnot. But it was fascinating to read that book because I realized that there were things I could decode in myself that I didn't even consciously realize what was going on. So I recommend checking that out. It's a really fascinating read, but yeah, I'm really glad you brought up the idea of fear because fear is something that I think we're kind of taught to stay away from and fear when it's a fear of like, literally like a dangerous physical thing. I think frequently that's something to pay attention to, but psychological fear for us frequently is about something that's getting out of our comfort zone. And the only way frequently to get what we want and to grow is to get out of our comfort zone, which may feel scary. So I think if you're really moving forward on your path and in, in a good way, then you can't do that without without moving through fear. And in fact, I you know frequently something is aligned when I feel that kind of fluttery feeling and the fear. <laughs> and I try That's to focus brilliant. on the fluttery feeling, the excitement versus the fear. But to contrast to contrast that with like when something just feels heavy, like in the gut, I just feel like ooh, that just feels heavy. And that to me is not something good. And that's not about working through something. That's something that just literally feels heavy heavy energetically. So a lot of what people do is unfortunately, they feel that fear and they just retract from it. And I feel like almost everything that is helpful for us and good for the world and for growth is, is moving through at least some of that fear.
1: Speaking of moving through fear and good fear, um, we were talking just before we went about you getting on to uh, Will Ferrell's podcast. And um, I, I fear it might be a strong word, but I, I'm assuming as we were talking, kind of sharing our own, both of our experiences, you know, showing up to a gazillion interviews like we're doing right now, you know, we, we've done that a lot. But to show up to, I mean, Will Ferrell, he's an A-list celebrity star. You're in a podcast studio with all the whole production team. Tell me, I don't know, I guess first off. What was that like? What's it like coming in there? How did you feel? Uh, Did they reach out to you? Was this, were you pushing forward and manifesting it for years? Like, how did that happen?
0: Yeah, so first of all, I I am constantly doing manifesting exercises to call in various things. And I hadn't like specifically mentioned him, but I had asked for like, you know, very kind of A-list positive media opportunities. And then, yeah, that just kind of popped in my lap. Like I didn't pitch them. They reached out to me, invited me to be a guest. And if you get these opportunities, please just say yes. Like they called me and it was I think five or 6 PM. And they said, can you be in the studio tomorrow at 11? Well, I was not in Los Angeles, but I didn't tell them that. (laughs) I said, yes, no problem. And I I immediately booked a flight and just flew out there that night and then was there in the studio in the morning. And sometimes there's things we've been working on in other areas and then we're presented an opportunity. So that was an unscripted interview. I had no idea what he was going to say. He's in character throughout the whole thing. He didn't break character through the whole thing. There was no discussion. It was just like, and go. And like, he's asking me questions. And I had to, you know, it was like this weird thing because I'm, I'm having to act to a degree because he's not a real person. Like Ron Burgundy is a character. So I'm having to act like he's really asking me those questions when actually, it, you know, it, it's Will Ferrell. Pretending, he's acting, you know. Right. Um, he's
1: in the anchor man character, which I think exactly. is so fun. What a great idea. Yeah. For podcast.
0: Totally fun. And so, this is the kind of thing where I think my previous experience was so helpful because for years I did improv. And so, I had experience of just like going off the cuff and just going with it. And one of the biggest fears that a lot of people have is that public speaking. And if if people are afraid of public speaking, just imagine going on stage and like you have to perform and you don't even know what you're doing. Like that's, that's what takes a lot to move through that. So I'm very grateful for that experience. And I started doing improv when I was 14. I was actually in a paid improv troupe in high school, <laughs> which is very unusual. And then I did it in college as well. And then I, and I also did at, when I was doing my acting work, we would do these, um, it's called signposting where, it's like a loose script based on here's what happens, but there's interaction with the audience. So the actual script, you know, you don't know what the people are going to say. It's changing all the time. So I encourage people to do that, to practice, just kind of blind by the seat of their pants, so to speak, and then just focus on whatever you're doing instead of like getting in your head about it And with practice, you know, really serves you. But yeah, it was amazing opportunity. It's so fun. And you know i also encourage everyone to connect with and do media because no matter what your industry it can be helpful for your business
1: yeah that's uh it's so much fun and what w- what i want to harken back to a second is you said you really needed your improv skill set and you've been cultivating that since you were 14 years old what do you believe about preparation versus opportunity without using, you know, the, uh, the age old, whatever the axiom is, uh, preparation and opportunity <laughs> meet luck or whatever it is. But, but I think there's something too. It's like being prepared when, you know, God comes calling, being prepared when the opportunities show up that you, you actually have been preparing for this, even if you didn't know it was coming Because I don't know that you were like, you know what, at 14, I'm going to do improv because one day I'm going to be on a podcast with Will Ferrell and I'm going to need that skill set. What, and again, this is kind of off the cuff as well, right? But what do you believe about preparation? How can we prepare ourselves more for future opportunities that we might not even know are in the realm yet?
0: I I really believe in getting in the room, taking classes and practicing whatever it is that you want to do, you know. I'm constantly taking classes. I, you know, I spent like 30 K in professional development just last year. I'm constantly doing that, encourage other people to do that and just take the next step. And, you know, what I see with a lot of people is they want, they want that final outcome, but the truth is, if they got that outcome, like today, would they be prepared? Probably not. So it does take sometimes this incremental learning and these different steps. So, not only had I done improv, but I also have been a podcaster for years. So I was familiar with podcasting media. I've done hundreds of interviews where I was interviewed. I've done hundreds of interviews where I was interviewing other people. So all of those things helped prepare me. So whatever it is that you're aiming for, start to take class, connect with other people that do that, model and emulate them and take those you know little steps every day so that when that big opportunity does present itself, you, you don't fall flat on your face because you're, you've maybe not done that exact thing before, but like you've you at least done enough similar things that you feel more confident.
1: Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more, Lori. you know, I, I, I know also like you've done, you know, quite a bit of different uh, television on different networks. And, uh, and I love like doing, you know, I've been all over the country doing local TV, same as you and, uh, and all the different shows and stations and everything. And what's interesting is when you have this, you know, a new, say an entrepreneur or a speaker, that's like, or a new author, right? And and you say, what's your goal? I want to be on Oprah back when there was an Oprah, you know, or I want to be on the Ellen show, or I want to, and it's like, I want to be on the today show. And you're like, right. I love that. But if you went on today, that might be the worst thing that could ever happen to you. You know what I mean? Like here you are unprepared, brand new, and then with a huge national audience and it just, you know, it doesn't go well. So there's something too that not just the preparation, but almost the sacrifice of I'm willing to go to the small place. I'm willing to get 50, 100, you know, uh, TV interviews or podcast interviews under my belt. You know, Kevin Hart famously said he he toured the country four times, four times before he finally broke through in, in, as a mainstream comedian and actor. Four times he had every comedy club in America. Like, I don't know how many people will give up after one. What do you have any stories uh, about? kind of, I don't know, banging your head against the wall or going after something and maybe the failure seeming like it's not working, but you kept at it anyway? Or have you had the other experience where maybe you're like, you know what? I want this, I'm gonna focus on this, I'm gonna pray about it, I'm gonna manifest it and then the doors are opening. What is your, again, your personal perspective of following the dedication, the following through? Do you, again, do you hit at it until or do you you always look for kind of that not path of resistance. What am I looking for? Do you look for that open path? Hey, the doorways are opening or do you just go at it until you get it?
0: Gosh, I feel like there's energetic aspects to this and setting intentions. Um, and then there's the action. And I really feel they're both important. And if you are not doing either of those pieces that it's, it's just harder for that to come in. Um, I think most people give up when they're so so close. They just get tired. They think, what's the point? In fact, I, I literally got the statistics psychically. This is a psychic statistic, so you can take it for what it is, but that 98% of people quit right when they're on the verge of a major breakthrough. And that's frequently when we get the biggest urge to quit and take the steps, do the daily things, you know, take the classes, get in the room. And then how much of a shame would it be if like, yeah, what if, I'm sorry that I can't forget the name of that community. What if he quit like three and a half times through his tour? And he's like, forget it. This isn't working out. But that's what most people do. They stop before they have that success. And, and that's not to say that you should keep doing something if you're, if it's unaligned and that's, that's, I think what's sometimes tricky for people. Um, In my case, I've just seen it over and over again, the success that comes when you're just on the verge and you're so frustrated and it comes in and it's like planting these seeds. And when we take these action steps, I think it's like us telling the universe we're committed to, like we're asking the universe for something. We're setting that attention. We're asking for it, but we also need to make that commitment and do what we can to help it bringing it in. So I don't know if that answers your question, but those are the things that came to mind.
1: <laughs> oh, it, it does. And I, I love these questions. Hopefully are much more like a, a fun conversation. You know, when you said the the action tells the universe that, that you're serious about it, right? That you actually want to do that. I think it, um, you know, I love the metaphor of a GPS system. When you plug it in, it's yes. always frustrating when I'm sitting in the bank parking lot and I plug in my next location because it doesn't do anything until I begin moving, right? but if i begin moving it tells the guidance system hey he's serious he's moving and then all of a sudden the map flips around and tells me which direction to go and i start taking the steps so i love that you're all about alignment but also about action um laura you have a, you have a pretty cool instagram i was looking through uh, some of your some of your posts and all your your lessons and things you put on you guys got to check it out it's laura powers 44 the number 4 the number 4 laura powers 44 And then her Facebook is Laura Michelle Powers. Great place to follow and connect with Laura. Um, And then you have a phenomenal podcast. I want to, as we kind of wind down here, Laura Michelle Powers, tell me about the Powers Hour podcast a bit. That's something exciting. Um, And that's your, I think your newest podcast, right? Because you have a couple.
0: Uh, it's not my newest, but it's one of my Both newer. Not. I host a lot of podcasts. But yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> one of the things I use podcasts for is to like learn and network and connect in different areas. So, as I got more into entrepreneurship and business, uh, which again, my creative work as well as my psychic work is definitely business. I wanted to learn more, connect, share what I learned, and so I started that podcast. So I talk with a lot of podcasters. I talk with you know business owners. And we talk about marketing, we talk about, you know, mindset, we talk about strategies and tools, and then also just lifestyle, because I feel like ultimately, you know, the desire for these things is to create a life that we love. Like, I'm, I'm not about creating a business so that I can just work all the time and like, you know, grind myself down. Like, I want to have a nice lifestyle. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I love that. Well, that is definitely a great listen. So go check out uh, Power Hour podcast with Laura Michelle Powers. Laura, uh, any final thoughts that you, if you had a bumper sticker, if you had a bumper sticker to leave with the audience of what it would be amazing to believe or think or do, what would you say? No pressure. You're so
0: much more powerful than you think you are.
1: Amen. Laura, what's the best place to connect with you? I know we shouted out the Instagram, Twitter, but feel free, please. You've been given so much value. I love uh, to, to plug your stuff so we can stay connected with you and continue uh, getting a good, valuable conversation with you.
0: Sure. So my website, powershour.biz is where I share a, a lot of the stuff on mindset, podcasting, and I teach podcasting and book writing courses. And love to hear from people. Email is bookings at laurapowers.net.
1: Awesome. You heard it here first folks. Well, maybe not first, but Laura bookings at laurapowers.net for media um, and get Laura on your show. Uh, I know you are doing guesting. So get on, get her on the show, do some fun stuff and well, keep on a cranking. Thanks so much, Laura. I appreciate the time and getting to know you a little better. Um, glad that through our mutual friend, Adam, we were introduced um, looking forward and Hey, Adam, I know you're probably healthy and, and feeling great by now, but shout out to Adam uh, you are one of the good ones. Thank you, my friend, Laura. Thank you so much for coming on, and I will talk to you soon. I hope.
0: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. All
1: right, guys, that's the show this week. Laura Michelle Powers, thank you so much to my guest this week. Remember, you can follow Laura on her Instagram uh, at Laura Powers 44 and Facebook at Laura Michelle Powers. Uh, check out the Powers Hour podcast. And then if you want to find out more about what she's up to and what she's doing as well, it's healingpowers.net is the website. We'll have that all in the show notes. If you're getting this live, of course, you can go on demand wherever you get podcasts. You know that by now. But I got to tell you one more time, make sure you subscribe so you can get these on demand. There's 250 plus back episodes of The Driven Entrepreneur. They're always available. There's no paywall. I love you and I want you to have these things. Follow me at Matt Brauning. B-R-A-U-N-I-N-G on any social media, especially Instagram. And I will catch you soon. Get out there and stay driven this weekend. And I'll see you next week with another Driven Entrepreneur. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.